Clinker Factor, the cement industry podcast. Welcome to The Clinker Factor, a podcast from WCA, which looks at the cement industry's response to climate change around the world and other topics of interest. I'm Ian Riley, CEO of WCA, and your host on The Clinker Factor. Today, I'm talking to Amara Nadia, who at the time of recording was VP Strategy, Sustainability and Risk at Yambu Cement, and who has now left Yambu and set up his own consulting company, A-Cubed. So Amir, welcome today. And perhaps we could uh, just kick off by asking you to give us a 60 second introduction on uh, your experience and how you ended up in the cement industry. Uh, it's my pleasure always to talk to you, Ian, and uh, WCA is doing great for the whole industry. I was actually born in the cement industry. Uh, my father is a uh, 65 years, 40, 45 years career in cement. And my first visit to a cement plant, I was in primary school. So uh, I've actually lived my whole life in cement. Uh, after graduation, I graduated as a chemical engineer. I uh, joined the ASIC, Arab Swiss Engineering Company. It was uh, only a consultant in Egypt at that time, uh, operating all the cement plants in Egypt. And I was lucky enough to join the process uh, department. And uh, lucky for me, I was the first Egyptian to get the process engineer title. Then I moved from ASIC to Oraskum as a senior uh, process and projects engineer. And I was responsible for, I was the projects coordinator for uh, the first line Oraskum had in Pakistan. And then I started my career in LaForge as technical center process expert till we opened the technical center in Cairo, till I promoted to a manager of alternative fuels and pilot process. That was a very strong point to know solid fuels, know alternative fuels and work on energy management in many aspects. Then I left LaForge and started my own consultancy for uh, three years where I was serving Middle East and uh, Africa. Uh, I stayed there for three years. Then I joined Yambu and I promoted uh, to many positions in Yambu. And as you said, my last uh, title is uh, VP for sustainability, strategy, sustainability and risk. And actually this is, I would say, uh, due to the increasing importance of sustainability as a parameter in the business in Saudi Arabia currently. Mm. Yeah, so historically, uh, the uh, focus on sustainability has, has probably started in, in Europe and, and also is quite strong, particularly in South America and, and uh, India. But I think now it seems to be uh, something that is really uh, top of mind around the world. So you're also seeing this change in, in Saudi Arabia, at Yambu in particular. Yeah, I would say that I was chosen in Lafarge to be part of the Lafarge team representing them with the UN when Sustainability Act was being drafted. And that, that was the time of Kyoto or around the time of Kyoto. And I would say that there was a very good shift on the sustainability and the concentration towards sustainability and uh, environmental acts in the cement industry because of the Paris Convention. The move, it was a shift from uh, making money from environmental related topics to actually helping the industry and putting real technical efforts towards uh, environment and sustainability. And of course, Saudi Arabia was a class A country in Kyoto. 
So there was not, most of the class A countries was not very much interested on doing something. It was more the class C countries like India, which were making green money from Kyoto. But with the Paris Convention, everybody has a commitment. Everybody has a number, everybody has a target. So class A, B or C countries are all doing their efforts to meet their targets. And of course, Saudi Arabia has, a, has made a strong commitment uh, to achieve by 2025. And um, I, I can see clearly since the start of the Saudi Energy Committee uh, four years or five years ago, that uh, there is a good shift in the industry, a strong move towards uh, energy efficiency and uh, a bit on environment. It's not yet as strong as it should be, but energy efficiency specifically, there is a very strong move on that. Yeah, I think that um, in the uh, in, in the COVID epidemic, we've also seen a change in mindset. Uh, I, I remember talking to um, J.K. Cement in, in India, uh, perhaps a little less than a year ago, just shortly after the ep epidemic started. The comment they made was that it's changed the awareness that we have of our dependence on, on nature and what happens in nature. And, and as a result of that, it seems to have... Uh, uh, had some impact on, on the psychology of people everywhere. And we've seen, I think, in the last six months in particular, really dramatic examples of companies making uh, climate commitments, uh, not just in cement, but in, in many other industries as well. Um, but if we just come to the pandemic, maybe you could give us a summary of how the pandemic has uh, affected the industry in Saudi Arabia in terms of you know, the, the effect on demand and, and how you see that going forward. Actually, COVID was, uh, I would say, to the strong co companies in Saudi Arabia was looked at as um, it was a good opportunity, to be honest. It actually separated the strong from the weak and it, uh, to a very good extent, harmonized a very fragmented market. So uh, it helped a lot. Uh, there was, of course, at the beginning uh, between April and June, uh, where there was very, very high level of unclarity. Nobody knows. Uh, how it would go on, and there was chaos everywhere. There was uh, a lack of uh, preparation because it was the first ever uh, in the last maybe two or three or four decades even that the whole world sees something like that. So uh, sales, of course, went down very much in quarter two, uh, 2020. But by the time thing, uh, companies got the grasp of how it should be run, and uh, how they could manage the social distancing, the precautions required for the COVID and uh, lockdown, the management of manpower, got the right kick on digitization. Of course, companies that were ready to, to flexibly adapt to that. We, we were very lucky, actually, Yambu Cement, we, we didn't stop a day. We, we have done three major shutdowns. Uh, one of them, we had 1,400 person in the plant and we got zero cases of COVID. So it was يعني, it was a, a really uh, challenging time, but uh, it yielded a very strong impact on our organization. The concept of organization resilience, it was, to be honest, uh, maybe it's because of my experience and age, it was my first time to see how it can make a difference, how the resilience of, our, of an organization can really make a difference on the bottom line of companies. Sorry, can you give us a concrete example of, of that resilience? And yeah, uh, uh, Yambu Cement has been working on 
what we have called on, uh, which is a major change in, in GCC, we were working on uh, Yambu identity, that you are, you, you are not Egyptian, you are not Saudi, you are not Indian, you are not Pakistani, Bengali, we have a huge diversity, and uh, diversity was never as a strong angle in management in uh, GCC in Saudi Arabia specifically. Yeah. So we were working on that since 2016. It actually showed how strong it is, how people can stand to each other, how people work in harmony during COVID. People were locked in the plant. I'm talking about around uh, 715 worker with their families. I'm talking about some, something like 3000 person locked in one place in the desert, 70 kilometers from the nearest city, living in harmony for more than six months. That's very impressive. Yeah, and getting out of that with no cases, no issues, no problems. Uh, people were managing the shortage of things coming to the supermarket from time to time because of the stoppage of uh, logistics. Uh, it's a very stressing uh, work environment. It's a stress, stress at home. They cannot go out. Uh, we cannot even uh, arrange what we used to do from uh, like uh, bringing people together or making a, uh, a big feast uh, on a weekday, on a weekend or something. You cannot do any of that. It's forbidden. So it's only work and being locked at home, but still with so little that we had. So we could do an iftar for Ramadan, which is should be a feast where people come together, but we could do it, do it on a COVID base. We distributed the food to the homes. We got the people uh, out at the same time without seeing each other, but they know it's being done in, in harmony and in coordination. And it really made, made an impact. So really it was uh, a very, um, it was an opportunity. It built a very strong uh, link between our people. Yeah, no, it's it's good to see that some uh, good things can come out of the pandemic. If you look forward now um, uh, for 2021, I mean, what does the outlook uh, look like to you in terms of uh, demand? Are your customers working again? Yeah, everybody, everything is back. Actually, uh, quarter four was a great quarter for most of the companies. And uh, the market is picking up. And the uh, government is back to uh, exponential on mega projects. And the uh, market was, was up around 7% in quarter one. Uh, sales are picking up. The market is moving forward. And uh, we, have, we have good uh, business so far. And I would say that the major kick we got from COVID was digitization. Uh, the strengths of, you cannot imagine the speed I got the approval on the digital transformation program. So, so what was involved in your digitalization program? Was this um, an industry 4.0? Yeah, uh, in, in, yeah in, in, in a general sense, it's, uh, it's industry 4.0. We are taking, we have been working on that since 2017. We started with, uh, I would say, the uh, technology uh, ecosystem. We, uh, we have upgraded our DCS, we have upgraded our uh, technical information systems, we have upgraded our ERPs. So we were working on the uh, technology ecosystem in a, in a good level. We, we, we have moved from that to the uh, business ecosystem. So applications, dashboard, reports, we, we have good advancement on that, but the linkage, we, the digital transformation in Yambu Cement is going to be built on 
four ecosystems, the technical, the people, the uh, business, and the customer. So it's the connection. Uh, we are building it in four phases. So uh, we have issues that are still remaining on the data ingestion part. And we have uh, some upgrades we are doing to uh, cloud move, uh, taking security as uh, uh, cybersecurity as a pillar for that. So, uh, so you would say the environment of data ingestion, the environment of data processing, and the people uh, capabilities. We started last year uh, a data camp for capability building because we are doing the, the full project in-house with McKinsey last year, where we had 18 people getting the first level of data analyst uh, needed knowledge and uh, certifications and stuff. And uh, now we are moving for more for uh, upgrading our user experience, uh, building more uh, digital uh, day-to-day models operandi to be more uh, of a digital perspective in uh, all the business aspects. And last, which we, we, we are still a bit behind on it, uh, are two, two places. We have the customer part, the interface with the outer world. And uh, we are working on artificial intelligence for the main assets. So uh, we are starting with our uh, uh, mills, vertical mills for uh, line five, uh, two 500 ton Loche mills, which is going to be a, a strong project. And our aim is hopefully to do one kiln on full AI by end of the uh, 2022. You already have the the information systems, the, the, the TIS and so forth, integrated all the way with the finance systems. Do you have a single uh, platform that you can run all of that on? Yeah. Are, are you looking at uh, moving towards uh, a prescriptive maintenance, uh, kind of AI-driven maintenance system yet? We, we, are, we are building first uh, IoT sensors uh, platform for this. We, are, we, we have started with uh, condition monitoring, so lubrication, vibration, some motors. We have now handheld gadgets where people can do uh, inspection and uh, post maximum uh, inspection reports and uh, work requests and uh, from the site immediate. We also have made uh, what we call uh, a mobile CCR. It was actually a COVID idea where we were able to shift all CCRs to one uh, portable HMI. So we can, from by two or three people in one room, run any part of the plant if we are forced to any isolation or, uh, or we want to uh, clean somewhere because there was a COVID case or something. So we can manage to move the whole CCR, the whole central control rooms of the two lines and the, uh, the two power plants to one room uh, remotely uh, operated from anywhere in the plant. The part of the AI on the maintenance will follow once we have the IoT in place and mature enough to go to the second level. And, and if you look at the, um, what we said, the overall impact that uh, this digitalization can have, how will the way that the operation is managed be different from the way it was, say, a couple of years ago? You know, what, what kind of sort of overall change do you think that this can bring to the operation of a cement company? Yeah, and uh, you can feel it actually almost immediately. We have currently a shutdown of uh, 60 days of a full cost of around 50 million Saudi Riyadh, so almost $12 million. We are doing an optimal uh, modernization of our old line, line four, 
and with a lot of activities. You are talking about uh, 6,700 activity at the same time. You are talking about uh, seven major contractors with, uh, due to the, the work we have done on digitization last year, specifically uh, the integration of Maximo in our uh, operations in, uh, and connecting it to the finance. And we, we are almost having a daily dashboard managing everything that happened to the uh, to uh, to a detailed follow up level of number of spares and work orders and uh, activities happening on changing of the hammers of the crusher you can really drill down from the level of the full progress of the project till the level of number of hammers that have been changed and what's remaining from the head office boardroom so the level of decision-making, the level of coordination, the level of uh, intervention and uh, speed uh, pushing and uh, managing uh, coordinating activities is quite huge. Uh, same applies on energy management. Uh, the level of uh, control that we have and details we can uh, get down to when we are uh, talking about analyzing a full year of energy utilization in a, in a plant that produces 21,000 tons of clinker on daily basis. Uh, we have 25 tanks of uh, HFO. So the, all these details from uh, cleaning, uh, taking fuel in, taking fuel out, you can do that from a, a dashboard in, in another country. So uh, yeah, of course it has a major impact on, on managing the business. It, it's, a, it's a different level. It's uh, what, I, what I could do uh, five years ago in my in my office in Lafarge uh, Technical Center, a feeling that uh, I own the world because I can see like 15, 20 numbers on the IP21 for each line that I work on compared to what I can do today from my uh, laptop at home is uh, <laughs> is a huge, a huge difference. Absolutely, yeah. And, and I think that the... The nature of the jobs in the plant will change. Some some of the jobs that we've had in the past, uh, so for example, the the patrolling inspectors, or or the CCR operators. I, I guess you you must be thinking about how to retrain them to uh, to cope with the new uh, the new technology. Yes, and I would agree with you that this is the main This is one of the main challenges in the development of digital transformation in in seven plants frontline blue collar jobs. Uh, you need to change their talents in a, in a way uh, that they have never seen before. You want them to uh, work in a completely different manner. And uh, you also have a problem uh, on the mentality of the management. We still believe the eyes of the people we trust, regardless of the numbers. So yes, I have all the readings that tell me that this bearing has a problem, but I still send my best technician to have a look. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, the, the taking advantage of the opportunities that uh, uh, Industry 4.0 uh, can give to the cement industry is exactly as you say, it's, it's a challenge of how to change uh, the way that we manage cement plants and cement companies you know, right from top management all the way through. And if we don't put that transformation in place, then we'll only take advantage of part of the opportunity and part of the improvements. 
I think it's a very interesting time for the industry. Um, you know, on the one hand, we've got the external challenges of the climate and the climate change and taking action to reduce emissions. And then on the other hand, we've got these technologies that are enabling the business to be run in a new way. And I think uh, the companies that are agile and, and think about how they can transform to suit these future conditions will be the ones who, who are successful. So it's a, it's a very interesting time. Actually, I've, I've spent almost a year, 2018, uh, trying to find an index that I can use with team leaders, section heads, managers, mancom, xcom, and business people to reflect on what you're saying. One of the one of the very good indexes available is what they call digital maturity. It's uh, simply a component, uh, a mix of components of uh, where, where you are on a digital scale from what you do by your hands and what you read and analyze from numbers. And it's actually easier to link to, to people, especially on management level, the uh, concept you just prescribed, the, the mix of what you have from a technology point of view and the exact utilization level that you, you are using the solution for. And actually, you, you would be uh, amazed that uh, there was a one study done from a heavy industry point of view from a participation of 1,200 companies uh, around the world. The maturity index is almost only 45%. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised. Uh, in fact, I'm surprised it's that high, to be honest. <laughs> I, I, I think uh, cement industry still has a long way to go. And, and there, there's a lot of... Uh, uh, opportunity. There's a lot of a, a gap, if you like, that we can still close with uh, with best practices. Uh, so the technology is certainly one part of it, but I think that the the challenge of combining the, the technology with the business model and, and the management uh, way of operating is um, is really the overall challenge for the business. You know, if you just optimize uh, part of that, then then the uh, results will only be uh, part of what you're hoping for. So when it comes to results, uh, Amara, what, what, what are you expecting uh, in terms of the, if you compare, let's say, performance in 2019, say, with what you might have in uh, two or three years time when your program is more mature, what kind of improvements are you expecting in productivity, throughput, and so on? By, by numbers, our prediction is around 5% uh, drop in cost. And uh, we are actually real realizing that where we are only uh, 20, 30% down the road. So um, I would say it will get more, 5% is quite conservative. So uh, if everything is in place, if it's, uh, if the maturity index we are using reach it around 65, 70%, we are talking around 15% drop in cost with our uh, volumes, if, if the market allows, so because it's, it's a mix of the cost drop versus the sales volume, because you will not realize the cost unless you sell the product. So if the market picked up equally, we are talking almost a 12% impact on bottom line. Okay, well, that's, I mean, that's a very impressive uh, impact. And what, can you share what the total investment would be in, um, in the Industry 4.0 or digitalization program? Uh, we have for this year, uh, a budget of uh, $1 million. And uh, we do not expect that, we'll, we expect that this is the highest, uh, the most expensive 
part of the project because this is where we are building data lake uh, and uh, inception programs and uh, some softwares for the data archiving or orchestration, dimensioning uh, the data that we have. So I would say that this is uh, most uh, the front loading of the program. So the whole program, I, I would not uh, expect more than uh, $1.5 million and you can get uh, I would say uh, a, a dream uh, in in place covering most of what you need. And but you, you know what? The one of the things about digital transformation, you need to, you need to be smart about it. The Ferrari of the systems are not usually the best that you can get. It, it might look nice on paper, but actually on utilization, it's not your best choice. So it's not it's not a, a, an odd thing to do something with like twenty twenty five thousand dollars that will give you a, an equal if not a better result to something that might have cost you a hundred k or something like that. So so uh, if you were giving advice to somebody who was uh, starting out to a cement company that was starting out on on this journey of, uh, of digitalization and implementing uh, Industry four point uh, what what would be uh, your two or three key points in terms of uh, these are the key things that you should remember? Yes, uh, uh, I would say the first thing is to uh, analyze the full business from the sensor level up to the boardroom. Try to connect the temperature you have in the burning zone to the discussion you have on the uh, cost of ton in the boardroom. Once you try to make this connection, line it and draw it, you actually could see the full picture. This is the first thing. Second thing is uh, do the program exactly around your needs within this organization. There is no one size that can fit all. There is no uh, actually a a strong definition of digital transformation in the market. Uh, Three is try to look at uh, digital transformation in environments that look like what you have. We cannot look on uh, Elon Musk what, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, digital cars and try to do that in seventh industry. It, it, it doesn't work. N- neither what happens in pharmaceuticals. It doesn't work. We have a different industry with a different environment and there is nobody to copy from, especially in the seventh industry. So look at uh, steel, look at industries that look a bit like us so we can get a good idea on what to do. Well, I think that's excellent advice. And, uh, you know, uh, as we were talking about earlier, the, the importance of thinking about it as a whole company transformation is critical to getting the value out of it. And uh, focusing on, on your own needs and, 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 and also uh, results, I think, is, is always uh, uh, good advice. And uh, learning from uh, other industries that are further down the track is, uh, is something that anybody starting out on this can, can benefit from. So I Thank you for, for that advice. And so perhaps uh, that, that's a, a good point to uh, bring it to a close. Um, it's been a pleasure speaking to you today. And I, I wish you uh, every success with your digitalization program. Thank you very much, Ian, And uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much. <laughs>